Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. Okay. So what happened? Was Mother Teresa there? Mm -hmm. God? Horses? Don uh, Mauricio, who teaches here in the city, she had a good uh, little acronym this week that she was, she was saying she was using for her own uh, practice. She, I'd never heard it before. I don't know if you created it or it came from some, somewhere else, but uh, uh, the, the acronym was ROCK, ROCK. So she says she sits and then she um, relaxes the body, something I suggested, you know. So relaxation, releasing maybe the jaw, or the forehead, or the hands, or the attitude. Sometimes that's what can use relaxation. And so that's the R. The O is for um, object, she said. The object of meditation. So she chooses an object, which could be the breath at the belly, the, the breath, the body breathing, the breath at the belly, or maybe at the nostril. Or some, something like maybe it could be sounds. Like here, sounds are very alive, dynamic. So she chooses an object of meditation. And then the C is for curiosity. So she becomes curious about that phenomena, event. The breathing body. The sitting body. The hearing body. Something like this. Coolness, coldness, warmth. She becomes curious about it. And then the K is for kindness. She does this in a kind way. Not judging herself for getting lost or not trying to do a perfect practice, but just this sim simply, kindly. It's good, no? Rock. Don rocks. <laughs> so, so many ways to talk about the, the, the practice. Huh? So many ways. There was... Um, Ajahn Moon, who's um, in this tradition, he's a, a venerable teacher who died now, he was, uh, lived in the last uh, century, and uh, was a great master. Like he was known for his achievement, you know, the level of awakening. Kind of. And uh, he was, uh, there's, a, there's a quote in one of the places where I practiced a lot. There's a little um, kuti, we call it, a little cabin in the woods. And in that, uh, in that little cabin, there's a, f a few uh, words from the masters of these traditions, pictures of them, also women and men of this, uh, this tradition. We could call Theravada, Vipassana, insight. And there's a quote from um, Ajahn Moon that I read many, many, many times and I used as my instructions. And in there he says something like, in your exploration of the world, meditation, never allow, that's really instructions, in instructional, never allow the mind to desert, is that the verb, desert? 
the body. So it's pretty, uh, it can clarify a few things in terms of meditation. You think like, oh, I want to take off, you know. And it's like, no, honey, <laughs> you stay right here. <laughs> That's where it's happening, you know. In uh, your exploration of the world, never allow the, body to the, the mind to desert the body. Be there in the body, see uh, the elemental nature of the body. See the volcanic warmth, coldness, the meteorological nature of the body. See the earth-like nature of the body. <laughs> Solid or flexible, supple. The, the, the air element with the breath see see maybe more feel feel the feel the the water element that makes things fluid or stuck or, uh, and so and uh, and he says something like and in this way you'll see everything will be revealed to you uh, see the impermanent nature of all these elements and so that's why when we sit here that's why my instructions, they go towards this, because I've been instructed in this way. Stay really close to the sense doors. You know what that expression means, the sense door? It's at the point of contact, because for us human beings, we'll hear something and we'll think, oh, children, my grandchildren, my daughter-in-law. <laughs> or whatever could happen, you know? And so we desert the body, we desert the experience, and we live in thoughts, in fictions, and then often find ourselves in trouble, <laughs> you know, with resentment, with fear, with uh, confusion, what is what, what's going to happen to me, all in the world of thoughts. And, and this world is a tangle of tangles. Is that a good expression? It's like really like a nut, nuts and nuts and nuts, you know. And in there, there's no clarity. There's no, it's just like it keeps making new nuts and they're fascinating and they're stuck with the other nuts. You know? <laughs> and uh, it's a little bit like, uh, you know, you know s you're in a situation, somebody asks you something and then you're like, oh my God, like I forgot. So you make a little lie. You know, like, oh, yeah, no, that's not what you said, you know. And then starts the architecture, you know, because now that little lie implies another little lie, and you have to keep it up when you see the person three weeks later, and you have to tell that person that's going to see them that, please don't mention this. Do, do you see what I mean? I mean, it doesn't happen to you. <laughs> but to me, in my life, a few times, you know. And then I'm stuck in the tangle, entangled in, in tangles, you know. And that's, well, without even the intention to lie, thoughts does exactly the same thing. Because a thought is often not a description of reality. Uh, but it's presented as such. It's a lie. And on top of it, we have to build another, uh, and then we're stuck like this. Yeah? And so here we come here and we simplify. That's called the path of renunciation. We simplify. And we stay close to the point of contact with reality. And in there there's something called the uh, uh, restraint of the senses. 
um, and uh, and so we become really really simple and seclusion seclusion also are t- terms maybe that could fit in here uh, where it becomes really simple we don't fabricate from uh, from events you know phenomena we just let them happen and what happened that is mm, I want to say magical I don't know powerful that can be powerful and I'm going back to uh, Ajahn Moon's quote stay there in the body and see the ephemeral nature of the elements in the body and so when we don't depart in conceptualization proliferation (coughs) conceptualization storytelling when we stay close we'll notice the arising and passing nature of these phenomena and that in Buddhist uh, practice is known to be extremely liberating to see how things appear and disappear all the time. In my thoughts, the problem seems to always be there. You know? Like, even if I, they do disappear from my mind, but when I return, it seems like they were there. Do you see how I'm fooled? The problem was still there. Even you might be hearing this, you're like, yeah, it is. M- my problem in my life is still there, you know? But when we pay attention in meditation, we see things arise and fall and it gives them it removes the false uh, perception of solidity of uh, heaviness of uh, permanency and and uh, suddenly what is revealed is the fluctuating ephemeral uh, nature of uh, of phenomena I, I give you an example I was using yesterday I don't know how I ran into this but I just uh, maybe somebody told me something about something. And uh, I was just thinking, imagine, I'll, I take an example, any example will do, but imagine somebody's like, okay, now I know I have to find a new apartment for the 1st of July. For the first of, And they're stressed because the 1st of July is coming quick and what am I to do and I have only that as a budget and I don't want to leave my neighborhood or some, some something around this, you know? And you come to meditation, or this person comes to meditation, and they sit. And at some point, that 1st of July problem actually vanishes. eh? Because there's just child barking. (laughs) You know, and it, it actually vanishes for a moment. And we might have the feeling... Kind of, kind of a, kind of a shame, or that could come, like that uh, we have to be uh, faithful to that problem, return to the first of July problem, you know, like I have to really cling to this, you know, and 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 it could, like I'd like you to be able to, if it was possible, to replace the first of July apartment problem with whatever, you know, my son, my parent, my, I don't know what, future, past, <laughs> pretty much anything will do. And, but in the moment it disappears, there, there can be something very liberating to see that something can actually vanish, and at some point it will return, and maybe I'll be refreshed a bit, because I was not like stuck with the thing the whole time. And maybe there'll even be another way to consider this. Maybe the return to the 1st of July problem will be a return with more kindness, with more balance, with more space. And maybe a new idea, that's the field of creativity right there, will arise about how to do it, and another 
kind of attitude, a way to carry this uh, challenge, you know, will arise. And so the vanishing is extremely important that, that we see our problems vanish for a moment. And of course, you know, the mind is capable of amazing uh, power of obsession. You know, it can really <laughs> cling onto something, you know, and it can do so for decades, you know. <laughs> As a, another story that I don't know if it's true or not, but the teacher once was uh, telling this. They were saying, I don't know if it was their mother or friend's mother, probably a friend's mother or something. And uh, uh, the elderly parent was at the hospital. Maybe, I don't know if there was Alzheimer or so, something happening, but the exchange was uh, the, the, the mother was telling her daughter, I know that I'm angry at your aunt so-and-so and and that we haven't spoken for a decade or a couple of decades. Tell me why. I can't remember why I'm angry. And the daughter was like, Mom, I'm not going to tell you. I'm like, I don't don't mind. I don't need to know. I just know I'm I'm angry and I'm I'm never going to forgive her. (laughs) And so the mind can be like this, you know. And but... Uh, given uh, a little time in practice, at some point that thing will vanish for a moment. It will. And this can be what we call an insight. It can actually shake us. Uh, like uh, We can be sequoy, like uh, shaken. Like, wow, it actually vanished for a few min- moments. For a few moments there was just heat or tingling or a numb leg. You know? And then it returns with its same amount of power or something like this, but something is touched deeply in us. The light nature of the thing was revealed. Although it looked really heavy and uh, it still, it vanished for a few moments. It's showing something, you know, it's showing that it's partly mind-made, you know. I don't know if you recognize something in that. For me, it's it's ex- that's why I'm practicing because I want this. I want these mistaken views to be revealed. When I think that something is so central and so heavy and so suddenly, boom, it vanishes for a few moments, and then when that thing appears, I'm troubled, touched by. It shows me the mistaken perception, mirage-like nature of a phenomena, the Buddha would say. Mirage-like nature. And in this way, it's not that I'm going to deny it and um, not consider what's happening. You know, it might be something really important in my life that I need to take care of. And, and this, but maybe my rapport, or relationship to it will change a bit because I know it's actually mind-made some, you know, that it can disappear for a little while. And then it be- things might become a little lighter to carry, knowing that I can actually put them down for a few moments. Even, I mean, f- many things for me, many of you know I'm HIV positive. I mean, while now it's more like having diabetes, apparently, it's, it's like easier to, but there was a while where it was, uh, there was a lot of heaviness to it, you know, the when the stigma, the f- unknown f- state of the, how the body will, you know, suffer and die and age quickly and all this, and there's still things happening, but 
with practice for me it's so much easier to carry I can pick it up when it's important in the day or in the relationship or in you know and then I can drop it you know I don't feel like this is my identity all the time I'm stuck with it I can you know pick it up try to and maybe later it'll be heavier to carry I don't know these days it's a little lighter um, but that's just an example there's but another example that is really um, uh, that also is um, touches me or is uh, um, I'm amazed I'm in awe about it is uh, the problem called Pascal so I live with this being it's not easy I don't know what's your experience of you but living with a being like this having a personality and preferences and a story and and wanting to have a certain future and not knowing about it and and socially trying to position itself and it's very shaky how it's perceived by others you know it's like there's many pascal there's the pascal that the, some students uh, know there's the pascal that my neighbor <laughs> sees and my parents and, and my brother you know that and i have to juggle with all these pascals and this one in there and and it's it's a pain in the butt honestly <laughs> and i would and i found in practice an alternative you know in practice pascal falls away for a few moments here and there and although it seems like prevalent <laughs> you know like it seems like everywhere i go it's there you know <laughs> still when i sit i notice it's actually not there sometimes there's just hearing happening or breathing happening i don't have to manage a personality or a, or fear about them or <laughs> organize them or you, you see what i mean there's so many thoughts that i have around pascal and fears and wants and things to do to you know, feed and wash and change and <laughs> transport this person, you know. And then I sit, and it's not, what I'm saying is not a movement of hatred. You know, it's a, it's a it's freedom from something that is a lot more ephemeral than I thought at the beginning. I just thought I'm stuck with myself for the rest of my life, you know. that That's, that's painful. <laughs> You know, and now I'm sitting there, I'm like, actually, no, it's an idea that appears and disappears. And I can actually have more, as a friend says, that we go from a rigid sense of self to a fluid sense of self. You know, and I can allow other people to have their own Pascal. You know, okay, you have your Pascal, your, pas your Pascal, you know, you project a lot of idealization on it, and it's a perfect Pascal, take care of it. <laughs> it's yours. You know, and your Pascal is... Uh, worth nothing and it's always been like this and will always remain like this well it's yours Pascal <laughs> you take care of it you know and then mine I learned to uh, l release it it's a joy it's such a joy and then you know it comes back then it has to speak and it has to do this and that but I'm I've uh, it's a lot much lighter <coughs> which to me is it gives me access to a joy gives me access to uh, compassion. Oh my God, that personality. Okay, let's plan things around that personality because that personality sure has their preferences, <laughs> you know. And I can have a little humor and a little compassion for it, but not be totally identified, fused with it, you see. And to me, that happens in the sitting practice. In the sitting practice, I notice as the 
you know, th th this poem says that you've heard probably before, you know, uh, um, what is it now? <laughs> William, help me. It's <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, I'm joking. Um, we're sitting the mountain and I until only the, the mountain remains. We're sitting the mountain. That's a description of meditation that all, all, I don't know, has hundreds of years, this, uh, this way of describing what I'm talking about. There's something about in the poem that says the last birds have uh, left the sky. You know, it means the thought, the obsession, I've left the sky. And now there's just presence. We're sitting. The last birds have left the sky. We're sitting the mountain and I until only the mountain remains. <sighs> you know? And then after, you know, uh, Rio Can has another poem, another, it's a haiku that I love. It says, last year, stupid monk, this year, all the same. <laughs> and so we sit the mountain and I until only the mountain remains. There's just kids playing, bus going on the Sherbrooke Street, and temper, tem, tem, what's the expression in English when it's tempered room, like when it's tempered room and space and tingling, and that's it, you know. And then bell rings, I stood up, and then, I don't know, I look for my jacket, where's my jacket, where are my boots, you know. <laughs> Last year, stupid monk, this year, all the same, <laughs> you know? The freedom is not that I fix that personality, you know? It's, 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 there's going to be some maybe improvement, but, you know, it's going to be limited, you know? But then there can be kindness and joy and playfulness and uh, acceptance, acceptance, you know? So it's really important what we're doing here, Paying, just paying attention, just being, allowing life to reveal itself, to reveal its uh, dynamic nature, appearing, appearances, appearing, disappearing, rising, falling. It seems like all the instructions of the Buddhas, the, the Buddha, they always turn around this. You, you know, you can be aware of your, of y of at the ear door. And he said, what's there at the ear door? You'll notice things arise and pass. You don't want to be at the ear doors? You don't have ears? Fine. Just be at the belly. What you'll discover is things rising and falling. You don't want to be in the belly? It's, you don't want to be in that area? Fine, no problem. Just watch the mind. You'll see thoughts and emotion come and go. You'll see that. And all, all of the phenomena will reveal their impermanent ephemeral nature. And so you'll, slowly you'll, you'll um, make way into your uh, clarify, going from chaos and confusion to clarity. You'll notice that you're, you're not stuck with yourself for the rest of your life. You know? you'll, uh, maybe fear of death will release itself a little bit. Because you'll see that everything, it's absolutely natural for things to arise and pass. And then there can be maybe um, equilibrium around this. Uh, there can be sensitivity, but uh, with stability, you know, the capacity to be touched by the world as it is. 
And so, you know, and then we'll be a little bit less of a pain in the butt for others, which is a good investment. Anything that arises, questions or comments or something you would like to clarify a bit? Or I have a simple, perhaps silly question, but I've been trying to understand what you have on your shirt. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Happy. words, but I don't see the, I can't see the image. The image is a little house alone in the valley oh. or something like by the ocean or something. Happy alone. It's uh, it's a, f- a gift from a friend, and because uh, I have a little cabin in the woods that I go to, and uh, I, w- I always report being very happy in my little cabin. But you know, I love being with people too. <laughs> but also, I like this because it's it's, uh, it's it seems like uh, talks about the practice we're doing here, like sitting here. There's plenty of life. I don't need something else, you know. There's, there's plenty of life. Yes. You get very elemental. Huh? Mm-hmm. Your volcanic nature reveals <laughs> itself. You mentioned the air and the, and the water element, but you didn't mention fire. Oh, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I meant it, I think, when I talked about the volcano. and Yeah, mm-hmm. it is one of the things. Yeah, yeah. And so in practice, there's many things that are gonna, going to happen. Like it's a big open field. And so, you know, there can be... Um, things that are very of the physical, material nature, like heat or rigidity or fluidity, uh, movement. Some people will say, like, what? strange, these days when I sit, suddenly it starts to turn by itself or rock. Others will say, like, wow, suddenly I feel very tall or very small. It's weird. Like my, So it's, not, it's the perceptions are changing. So this, this can be f- uh, heat rising like this for a few moments. There can be, uh, it could be emotional. Eh? One could sit there and suddenly have a bolt of uh, joy, you know, with goosebump, you know, or a spiral of, uh, I don't know, shame or doubt or wave of something. So, and the practice we do is to see if we can actually sit in the middle of what's happening exactly as it is. This is how it is right now. Yeah, because the explanation could be so many. Sometimes we can make a link between, you know, a few things, you know, this this led to this. But a lot of the times for human beings, it's really hard to make the, the links, you know, because it could be hormonal, it could be psychological, it could be, you know, who knows? Biological. Yeah, biological, it could be so many things, you know. And, uh, and, you know, if you ask many people, they'll all have a different story. I remember I, once I uh, I'd hurt my back and I went to see a therapist and I said, oh, you know, this happened at my cabin. I had to dig like a seven feet f- 
thing, you know, and I, and then it collapsed, and then I had to dig it again, and so that's why my back is everything. He said, oh, yeah, and he was an acupuncturist, and he said, I have a different story. Do you mind if I share my story? <laughs> and so he shared the story. He said, I, I really liked what he said after. He said, so you have your story, I have my story. It's not really important, but we do need a story, you know. So we'll use a story, and, you know, Use it lightly. I like the. I like that, but I know that you know, my friends and people. The, everybody has a different story about what's going on with me or with something that is happening to me. And sometimes it might be right or not. The practice here is not so much. Yeah, I'll say that. I'll decide to say that today. It's not so much about. It's how we are with what's happening. Yeah. Exactly. And so I'm happy you removed your sweater. <laughs> was it written uh, happy with others? Yeah, no, it speaks loudly. <laughs> but um, yeah, so many things will happen. And uh, so eventually what happened? Is it still that hot? No. Ah. So the way I, I learned to practice from my uh, teachers was, uh, and I learned a lot, the, I got the instructions from the reporting, you know, I had to go and report on my practice, and there was always these questions. What was happening? How was it met? And what eventually happened? So what was happening? There was a lot of heat suddenly. How was it uh, met with distress, with mindfulness, with wanting coolness, with... Uh, fear, with doubt, what's happening, you know, so I had to become aware of this. And then they're always in the, the interview with, and eventually, what happened? It's like, well, the heat went. Well, the joy went. Well, <laughs> you know, the distress went. Well, the, it, it didn't stay, just to make sure we recorded somewhere, you know, that it was uh, dynamic moving. That's the, could be like, we could take this as the central point from from this practice. Mm. I notice when you meditate, you have a little smile on your face when you're meditating. Mm. And I'm wondering if that smile um, has an effect on your inner meditative journey. Uh, yeah, I... I, I um so what happens is um, there's often v a quickly delight that comes to me. It's delicious. I, I some somewhat delicious, or there's joy that comes easily. So the so the I don't put the smile there. The s the smile comes, you know, because and there's m there's many reasons, you know. Like I just sit uh, like earlier today. I was sitting before the class and. I was just thinking, my God, we're so lucky. What privilege. We know that we can spare an hour where we don't have to be somebody achieving something, you know, that we can actually just connect with reality. So there was a joy just from, from that, you know. And sometimes there's joy from, you know, hearing this, the sounds. Sometimes the sounds are beautiful, like barking kids. <laughs> but sometimes, I actually, the, the, what touches me, the joy comes from being able to hear. I find it so 
I'm become aware that it's an ephemeral thing that is happening, that one day it won't be there, but it's kind of magical that, it's not the right word magical, but I'm in awe that one can hear at all. So what you're basically saying is that you do not mechanically smile and then begin your meditative no. journey. The smile is a manifestation of something that enters into your sensory um, space, yeah. which creates the inner smile. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's an emotion or a, a mind state that comes with the, the meeting. Sometimes we call it uh, vipassana joy. It's a joy. I was reading different people who were talking about something like this lately, uh, Andalayo and uh, Mahasi Sayada, and they're talking about um, delight in meeting phenomena, you know? But this was not always there. They was like, why? Why am I doing this? Where's the breath? Why the breath? You know, <laughs> the mind state that were there were different mind states. But slowly in the practice, it got cleared. What are the best mind states to hang out with? You know, it's not so much decisions that I made as much as being shaken, being touched by how doubt, evaluation. Am I doing right? Will I do right? When will it bear fruit? You know, <coughs> I've sat with these a lot. Hours and hours, hundreds of hours, you know, and it became really clear to me that they were not my friends. You know, they were not onward leading. They were, they were removing energy, removing power. And so in the humble work, you know, of, of uh, it's, it's at some point these drop because the, the system can't support them anymore. I know I cannot have doubt, another bout of doubt about my capacity to practice. I prefer to just be with the breath, you know, because another big loop of doubt about when is that, is there going to be awakening one day, you know. All this is like so painful. I can't afford this anymore, you know. I've, I've been burned by this so many times. So let me ask you one last question. Yeah. Do you ever start your meditation practice laughing um, from something external that manifests within instead of the joy do you ever break out laughing no I don't uh, it doesn't come to mind I don't uh, recall but there is there is this same energy of um, playfulness you know like our humor okay. you know because this mind I mean it's a joke <laughs> like all the opinions that can come with and the different like the opposite opinion the second after you know like I love it here I want to come back every week that's enough I don't want to come back here anymore <laughs> you know it's it's yeah yeah but what happens in there is that uh, what happens with time I think with practice and it seems it seems pretty good but this m life is messy also I just want to say that you know like it's not that easy you, you throw me a ball from left field whatever it's it's and I, I yeah impatience and you know all these things they they really they're dormant right now <laughs> so the, like the, 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 there's a lot of work to do <laughs> it's not finished but I was going to say what I've noticed in myself and in people practice is that we are less fused with our thoughts and emotions you know, see, there can be like a wave of uh, discouragement. And for me these days, if there's like some kind of discouragement, mm -hmm. often there will be 
also a lot of compassion accompanying it. So I'm not totally fused with, it's not going to work. It's like, oh, there's this impression that it's not going to work and nothing's going to work. And, it, you know, <gasps> this impression is heavy to have, to, you know, to, to be visited by or to, to have. So, so it's, I'm, and this, this is like that as a taste of freedom. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's not that the mindset doesn't occur, it's that the mind doesn't believe it so much, as much. It, and it's not easy to 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 create that um, I don't know space maybe it's not easy but it's totally doable mm -hmm. but it's uh, it's very progressive it's it uh, but one has to keep at it you know keep noticing keep noticing the what's there you know okay. just to follow to that question because that's an interesting question <coughs> I many times when I sit. One of the things I, I do if I'm feeling <coughs> heavy or depending on how I'm arriving with, with, with my, my practice, it's I will add a smile, just a gentle, small smile. It just loosens me up and, and it brings me kind of uh, loving kindness right away to whatever is there. So, so if I'm feeling a little whatever, so a little smile, <coughs> I remember, okay, I'll just add a little smile to, 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 your, to your lips. And it softened automatically. So I, I kind of begin the practice that way if, if I need to. But most of the time, I, I, I will add a smile, you know, intentionally. Yeah. Thank you. Shall we practice a little bit again? Before 15, uh, 15 minutes or so. Always uh, best ways, very, very, very simple, not trying to achieve something that uh, it's very radical. Huh? The practice is meeting what is there just as it is. Yes, if you want to uh, explore and add a little smile and just see if it has an influence on the state of the mind or state of the body, you could... We're not trying to fix anything. Huh? We're not in problem-solving mode. We renounce that for a few moments. We're just meeting life in the body, in the senses, in the heart, just as it is. Noticing, becoming acquainted
can be the smile of compassion, huh? of carefully attending, caring for the wounds, the discomfort, patiently, allowing what is there to be known to reveal itself, to exist for a moment. The mind habitually goes into planning mode. Just notice this and see if you can be okay with the unknown, the unresolved. Just for a moment. I think it's a good practice to not solve, to not organize. 
for a moment to be with the unknown, unorganized, unplanned, unfixed, unresolved. For a few more minutes, just uh, meeting life, uh, just as it is, simply, directly, releasing life from any expectations, demands, judgments, and encountering it naked, we could say. The breath, just as it is. the heart just as it is.
this moment freeing life from expectations or demands, judgments, time frame, deadlines, releasing ourselves also momentarily at least for just a moment here. This is what meditation is. Releasing us ourselves from uh, any judgments, expectations, demands, injunctions. You should be like this or do that. Abandoning all this there is somebody else that you want to release from your judgments, resentment, demands, expectations, for a few moments, knowing that you can pick up these expectations after when you want, or resentment, or judgments, projections, idealizations. But if there is somebody that comes to mind that could benefit your abandoning of all this uh, positioning. You could call this metta, benevolence. I release you from all my ideas about you. give you back your humanity. May you be happy. May I be happy. May we all be happy. you a happy spring mm -hmm. and I'll see you uh, I think in a month or so or no we don't know we've released all ideas about the future To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.